0: Hey guys, my name's Melissa. Let's talk about some anime. So, today I will be talking about an anime that somebody asked if I would be doing and I said yes and then never bothered to actually produce. So, here they are. This is my first episode of Dress Up Darling and this is going to cover episodes 1 through 3. So, let's just jump into the meat and potatoes of it all and... Introduce you to one of our main characters, and his name is Gojo, which means I have another Gojo that I am semi obsessed with because this Gojo is he they introduced him as a lonely and insecure teenager he is he has a fixation and a passion for making Hina doll clothes and he lives in a shop that doubles as his home where his grandfather makes Hina dolls and he helps him with his business and he's very proud of what he does he has like a little Hina doll that he has attached to a to a I think it's supposed to be the outline of its body but he he's basically in love with it if I'm being completely honest but he looks to it for like encouragement and inspiration and he loves it but you know of course it wouldn't be a main character without a tragic backstory they cut away to a flashback where a popular female student I don't really remember her name but she basically shamed him for liking dolls she said your guy why do you like that you shouldn't like that this is weird and you know it kind of caused him to become insecure and isolated he doesn't want to try to make friends in school if he's going to be shamed for liking something that he cannot help but like so we have this super tall first of all gojo is tall as shit (laughs) but he's this tall kind of like lanky quiet dude who sits in the stereotypical anime protagonist spot in the classroom by the window on the right hand side and he just stares off into the window in a in a in a daze because he just wants the school day to be over so he can go back doing his passionate, his passion, which is Hina doll clothes making without any judgment or anything. And I I get that I I know how that feels to have like a hobby that you are not necessarily like obsessed with. Well, I guess yeah, obsessed with. But like having a hobby that you have more of a fixation in and to have people say okay like tone it down like this is weird your enthusiasm for this is weird because I've had people shit on me for liking something a lot and it's like dude I can't help how I like things especially since I'm the type of person who hyper fixates on shit (laughs) so I I resonated with Gojo I love how similar he is to me so when Kitagawa who is completely opposite to him slams into his fucking desk And she's just so nice, so bubbly, so beautiful, and she's just super nice to him. I know Gojo was thrown through a loop because he's like, he's not used to the popular people, first of all, one, paying attention to him, and two, being nice to him. The one interaction he had with a popular girl, she shamed him for the shit he likes. So it was nice to see him, like, he got to see Kitagawa in an opposite light of what he the only experience he has with a popular girl so she slams into his desk they exchange pleasantries um later in the day these two guys are specifically one guy asks gojo hey can you cover my classroom duties again because this is like the third time he's asking gojo to do so and gojo says yes because you know gojo's a nice kid he's not going to say no and even though he isn't friends with any of his classmates he doesn't want to seem like he doesn't want to come off negatively to any of his classmates and the the classmate who asked this of him knows this because his friend questions him he's like hey Why are you like this is the third time you're asking him and the dude's like, well, yeah, because he's a pushover and he's always going to say yes. So why shouldn't I ask? And so it sucks. So they leave. Gojo's stuck lifting up chairs and having to, like, you know, clean off the chalkboard, whatever whatever else they have them do. And it's actually Kitagawa's turn also to clean up the classroom. So she comes and she sees Gojo there and they talk. And Kitagawa tells him, like, hey, you need to be aware when people are taking advantage of you. And she notices things like that. And Gojo, they. Even though they have this conversation, Gojo doesn't really see it in her way. He kind of still says like, hey, there's nothing wrong with being nice, offering a helping hand, things like that. And that that is something that people who are too nice need to break out of. Because there isn't anything wrong with being nice to people. There isn't anything wrong with offering a helping hand. But there is something wrong when people continuously go to you for things because they know you don't have the ability to say no. Because having the ability to say no is a skill that not a lot of us have. Especially how to say no in a way that it protects ourselves. Because there's a way to say no without coming off as a bitch and there's a way to say no because you want to be a bitch. And Gojo has every right to stand up for himself. And Kitagawa calls him out on that. And he kind of reflects on that. And as he's reflecting on that, of course, the sewing machine that he uses at his family's home, it breaks. So this causes um, Gojo to have to use the sewing machine at school, something he usually does not do because he doesn't want his classmates to know of this, you know, girly hobby that he has. So, of course, in typical... (laughs) Traditionals, you know, very obvious storytelling as he's making this Hina doll outfit. Kitagawa walks into the home mech room and everything explodes. Gojo's so nervous. It's super cute. I, I love that he got all nervous and he didn't know what to do and... She doesn't even laugh at him. He was expecting this girl to point and laugh and shame and, like, spread his business all over the shade room or something. And she's like, no. Immediately. The first thing in Kitagawa's head is, like, homie can make my cosplay outfit. He can make my cosplay outfit. So she, like, the girl starts stripping in front of him. The only thing going through my head is, like, Kitagawa, what the fuck is wrong with you? You crazy whore. Not really. She's not a whore. I just, I call everybody a whore. But... (laughs) gojo was like covering his eyes and he turned around he's like oh my god oh my god and then he she she shows him the outfit and she's basically just wearing this black robe it was wasn't even a robe it was more like a black mini dress basically a scrap of fabric and she shows him the source material of what she wanted to create and when i tell you even though gojo is shy and nervous he read this girl to filth he was like girl where are the scenes Where's the frills? What is this? Where's the neckline? Where's the hemming? What is this? And <laughs> for even though he is shy, he is he said, I am a master at my craft. Girl, this is garbage. <laughs> and he had no problem telling her that. And Kitagawa basically asks him, Do you think you can make it? Do you do you think you can do this for me? And Gojo, because he sees how passionate, um, Kitagawa is about this video game she's referencing, about the outfit being specific to that character because of how important it is. He's like, Yeah, I'll help you. And he does. And they're like, They're so cute. And I love that they can both geek out because I know how it feels to find somebody who has the same enthusiasm and passion about an extracurricular or about a hobby or about a um like an anime or a video game like when you have that same level of hypeness for something it feels good to meet people who share that same level so it was nice it was a beautiful first episode to introduce you to these two main characters I already love both of them I think they will be compliments to each other obviously because where Gojo doesn't stay stick up for himself Kitagawa does she's like no you you stand up in your truth you like what you like and there's nothing wrong with liking those things and so she basically gives Gojo the source material of video it was a video game and when I tell you it has like one of the lewdest <laughs> video game titles and poor Gojo was like um is this etchy and she's like hell yeah like what else is it gonna be and he- and she, ha- she has no shame. I know friends like this. I have friends like this who are like, oh, yeah, Tentacle Monster 2, Electric Boogaloo, all up in the girls' bunko. Like, that's the name of the show, and you're just going to watch it. <laughs> and they have, like, no qualm saying this in a buzzy sub- busy subway, in a car, on the street. Like, no, who cares? If they if they care that much why they listen to our conversations but like basically Kitagawa is that type of girl who like has no shame in the shit she likes she has no shame in the human body she's very open and she wants her etchy shit on display (laughs) I'm sorry but she loves her slippery girls too and poor Gojo now he's kind of in the shoes of that female popular girl who shamed him earlier in his life he's kind of in the shoes of her as he's watching Kitagawa like rant and rave about slippery girls too he's like bitch what the (laughs) he's basically like "I, I don't understand your enthusiasm but Gojo approaches it in the best way because her liking this game it it's nothing it it's hurting nobody So, like, if you like it, I love it. And that's kind of the mentality. I take the things that are weird to me, but people seem to like. I'm just like, listen, if you like it, I love it. And that's just the best you can do with it. So she ends up basically giving him an instruction booklet to make the cosplay outfit. And he tells her, like, okay, it's like a Friday. We'll reconvene on Monday. And we'll see where I am from there. Kitagawa shows up to this boy's house on Saturday. Like, she knocking on the door first thing in the morning. She's like, so, um, what's good? Where's my outfit? You ready for my measurements? Like, let's get, like, she's eager and ready to go. Here's the thing. Gojo does not go. Remember when I mentioned earlier that Gojo is an isolated youth? He he does not make friends. He doesn't have any friends. So... He gets nervous and he's socially awkward. Kitagawa bum-rushes her way into this poor boy's house. And she is ready to go. She's like, she's like, you're going to measure me. I wore a bathing suit under this. So you don't even have to worry about looking at me. And she just, she strips. And poor Gojo. It's basically, the entire episode is basically like fan service. Honestly, there's not a whole lot to talk about. He has to measure her bust. He has to me- measure her like... Her legs, her thighs, her shoe size, everything. And it's just basically Kitagawa in a a two-piece bikini just standing there while Gojo is like, bitch, how did we get from point A to point N? Like, it does not make sense. It does, but, you know. So there's not a whole lot to talk about. So when I was watching this episode, I was like, I hope this isn't a fan service everybody was complaining about. Because this is mild, and I don't know what anybody would have expected watching an anime like My Dress Up Darling. I saw the complaints on the show and how it has a lot of fan service that it takes away from the plot. But I just always thought My Dress Up Darling was the type of anime to have a lot of fan service. So, like, if you go in expecting, like, some kind of equal amount of plot to fan service, I'll be surprised. Because I expected more fan service than this. I go into a series that looks like, you know, My Dress Up Darling expecting to see tits and ass. Like, I don't... I didn't understand the complaints when I feel like you should probably read a synopsis on an anime before starting it anyway, because usually it will tell you whether or not you're in for a world of surprises, you know? But, um, she helps Gojo. This episode, like I said, it's just basically fan service, but Gojo actually does learn a lot from Kitagawa. She kind of, like, helps him get over his nervousness, um... Kitagawa got to see a part of him that she probably typically doesn't see in a school setting because he's doing something that he genuinely enjoys. He's measuring to make clothes. He really enjoys the art of sewing and making beautiful, beautiful gowns. You know. Oh my god! If nobody watches, um, never mind. That was that was a comment from an older YouTube series, but whatever. So she's able to see him. And an element that she's not used to. So it was nice to kind of see them learn about each other. Even though the episode really just consists of him taking Kitagawa's measurements. And of course, she had to measure her bust and inseam. And that was very nervous for him. (laughs) And so also, so she gives him the Slippery Girls games to play. (laughs) And like... His poor grandfather just catches him in the middle of the night playing it. But he has such an attentive eye. It's not like some nervous boy just like playing an adult. R-rated game in the middle of the night and they should be like shamed or anything. He's just like focused intently, like mumbling, like, oh, this part goes here and she has this hair and this is why she acts the way she does. And poor grandpa is just standing in the doorway like my poor grandson is going off the freaking deep end because Kitagawa lent him that freaking slippery girls too bullshit. <laughs> but then um, so finally episode three. I'm only laughing because episode 3 opens up with Gojo having a wet dream of Kitagawa. And it was like... It was ridiculous because I was like, oh. So we went three steps forward to go five steps back. And this is why animes like these, I fucking hate the slow burn aspect of it. Because he's not going to react to this normally. Remember, Gojo is socially awkward. So him having a wet dream on Kitagawa, he feels like he... You know, he feels like he did wrong by her. He feels like he resorted her down to some sexual being. And he's like, this girl is being nice to me. She, she didn't like make fun of me for liking the things that I like. And this is how I repay her by having a dirty dream about her. So of course, after he had that dream, he ends up avoiding her for the entire day. And plus, he assumes, remember, he assumes this. At no point did Kitagawa tell him this. He assumes Kitagawa does not want to be seen with him in a school setting, even though homegirl had no problem showing up to his house unannounced on a weekend and then ended up in his room in her bathing suit. He put, this is why anxiety is the devil, because he makes all these assumptions and to the point where like he avoids this girl who's just trying to be his friend and en- for the entire day to the point where she has to outwardly seek him out. She she has to seek him out and find him outside of the school. And what I do want to applaud Gojo on is that he um he actually explained what his issue was to her and Kitagawa reassured him. She told him, like, hey, I understand you have some selfish self-esteem issues you you feel a little self-conscious but I don't care that I that I'm seen with you in school I don't care that you like Hina doll clothes like again reassuring him like I do not care about those things you are helping me by doing a huge favor And I have no problem like waving hi to you in the hallways or like having a cordial conversation with you in class. If anything, I would prefer that because we're going to be working together for a while. And poor Gojo, because of this one interaction he had with a kid, he doesn't understand that. People can be nice sometimes, so it was nice to see that exchange between them. And because of it, Kitagawa drags Gojo all around the, um, all around a bunch of stores to buy cute little outfits for her cosplay. They they go to a wig shop. They of course go to buy some more you know, intimate apparel and all this stuff. And it was just nice to see them, um, you know, have an interaction. Clearly, Kitagawa has like a good paying part-time job because Homegirl had no problem sticking out a lot of cash and was ready to pay for everything, even though Gojo felt bad. <laughs> and I, it kind of made me wonder, what does Kitagawa do for money? makes you think but she also got to talk about her favorite cosplayers to gojo and it's kind of nice to see them like gush about like their favorite things and and very public settings to the point where somebody overheard them and everybody in the room was like why are these teenagers talking about squid monsters and tentacle porn and <laughs> not necessarily those things but remember how earlier in the episode i said i have friends who have no problem talking about that shit in public they do not care who was around if they want to talk about last night's episode of whatever the fuck was on and it happened to be involving somebody being spread ego with some spreader bars they do not care they're going to talk about it like family restaurant playground They do not care. And that is exactly Kitagawa's like mindset. And also Gojo's. Because when Gojo is talking about something that he is intent on. Like focusing on. He does not care about the people around him. Because he did not even think to look around at the fact that maybe people can overhear this embarrassing conversation. And I'm glad that Kitagawa brings that side out of him. Because it's showing that he's starting to not like. He's starting to openly talk about shit that interests him in public settings. It's small things like that that really show more of their relationships and how they're helping each other you know and so they're talking they're they're like learning more about each other and he actually tells Kitagawa that he can't just call things beautiful or pretty he has to like he has to truly mean it from the bottom of his heart because as a creative he takes pride in the things that he deems beautiful and pretty so like that doll that he's walking around with on a I don't know if it's a wooden stick or if that's like the outline of the body and then you put the clothes on it. But that doll, he deems as beautiful. He protects that thing. He loves it. And I know it has a name and I'm going to learn the name because I feel bad disrespecting it by calling it a thing, you know. But he tells um, Kitagawa because I think she asked, well, do you think the main character of... um, what's that freaking game that they play? Slippery girls, like, do you think she's attractive or pretty? And he tells her like, I I don't know how to answer that. Or I don't want to answer that because he has a certain standard of what he classifies as beautiful. But that goes with any starving artist, they typically have very high standards that people shouldn't really take offense, in my opinion, because it's just like their own personal thing. It's like, you can acknowledge something is pretty, but not your level of pretty, but also it appreciate what it looks like I guess but um it was nice to see a little bit more of Gojo and Kitagawa's relationship aspect kind of growing from where it was in episode one versus episode three we got to see that um this girl wants an entire cosplay outfit in two weeks (laughs) and poor Gojo is like um so, you want to give me an aneurysm. You want me to starve myself and pull all-nighters for this cosplay outfit. Because two weeks, girl, that's... That's, uh, that's Kitagawa got a whole lot of nerve, basically. But um, that is where I am at. So, I'm guessing episode four is going to be more of crunch time for Gojo. So, I cannot wait to sit down and watch that. Um these first three episodes were definitely exactly what I wanted. It's it's fun. It's captivating. The characters are likable. I didn't really learn about anybody else outside of like the three other girls Kitagawa hangs out with and Gojo's grandfather. Other than that, they don't really touch on any of the other classmates. So... I'm very eager to learn how anybody else will play into this because Gojo is such a recluse. I don't think he has any other friends unless they're going to introduce that girl from his past again. Hmm. And that would be that I would be intrigued to wonder where she is currently in her life to be making those type of comments and see if she's still popular and still being a mean little cunt or maybe she's just like prop, um, plot progression and she doesn't make an appearance ever again but I would like to learn more about Kitagawa's friends um, I don't know anything about that cosplayer she was talking about but I so yeah we don't know anything about that little girl Um, I guarantee you she's probably like Kitagawa's rival or something or she's probably going to have a crush on Gojo or something I'm trying to not stick any annoying tropes that I typically hate that come with etchy animes (laughs) or etchy presenting animes so I'm like getting them all out now because maybe they won't happen maybe they will prove me wrong and then maybe they won't and they might follow the same recipe and that's just something I'm gonna have to deal with but honestly Kitagawa and Gojo have such great personalities to me where I think I can overcome those terrible awful subplots to see where these little rascals end up later down the line of my darling, my dress-up darling. But um, thank you so much for listening, you guys. I really appreciate the person who asked me to talk about my dress-up darling. I really do take recommendations for almost everything. So if you guys have a series that you would like me to watch and potentially talk about, definitely leave me a comment on any of my... Um, and my Instagram DMs and my Twitter DMs, those are forever open and empty. <laughs> um, if you follow me on TikTok, um, definitely feel free to leave me any suggestions there. I talk about anime a lot over on my TikTok and I'm definitely very active over there. It's pretty much essential, Mel, anywhere that you can find it. Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, Now, um, Audio Mac, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for everybody's continued support. I'm going to try to have the podcast up on other platforms because, you know, want to broaden the audience and hopefully we can continue doing this and I will see you guys in the next episode.